What's up, everybody? This is Kenzie from Daring to Cowboy on Instagram, and you're listening to the Stirrup Conversations podcast. As the equestrian industry continues to evolve, more questions are being raised and more focus is being placed on the welfare of our equine athletes. I'm sitting down to discuss this progression, celebrate our accomplishments, form a tighter community, and hear from people in the industry on how we can continue to better ourselves and our horses. Hey guys, welcome back to the Stirrup Conversations podcast. I am so excited to drop this podcast for you guys today. We are sitting down with Milana from the Instagram account Vivo the Spanish Mustang. They are a Mustang trainer, have trained multiple Mustangs, has really, really great insight that I am so excited for you guys to hear. Before we jump into that, I just wanted to remind you guys go ahead and make sure that you are subscribed, that you smash that notification bell so you never miss an episode. Also, if you guys love the podcast, do me a favor, maybe share it with your friends. That would be amazing. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you know, you can find me at Daring to Cowboy on Instagram. And let's just hop right into this. Hey. Hi, it's so nice to hear from you. You too. Thank you so much for hopping on. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I figured we could just hop right into this. If you don't mind, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, and we'll start from there. All right. Um, hello, my name is Milana, but feel free to call me M for short. Um, I am 16, and I use they, them pronouns, by the way. Um, I have one personal horse, and he is eight years old. His name is Vivo. Um, he is a banker Mustang, which means he is from Corolla Beach, North Carolina. And I am a Mustang trainer. I love that. I love that. I, I just, I guess, like, for me, I always kind of assumed Mustangs, you know, you hear them, you, like, grow up about them being out west. And I live, I live in Georgia, and there actually is an island with wild Mustangs on it not far away and I was just floored by like there's mustangs on the east coast that's so stupid but I just didn't know oh no yeah totally I was I always thought that they were like their own little thing and that they weren't actually mustangs but no there's mustangs all over the country they're just their breed name and their body type it changes depending on their environment that's amazing I love that so much so obviously so you said you're a mustang trainer can you describe your training style for me um, it's, it's comprised somewhat of positive reinforcement, as I believe that that is a quintessential um, tool to have on your little training belt. But overall, it's very flexible. I'm not set in any certain training style or way. Um, I believe that no two horses are created equal, so neither will be their preferences and dislikes. Um, so what works for one horse may not may not work for the other one. Um, and that's totally okay with me. The more open-minded and flexible I can be in tailoring my training style to each individual horse, um, the better chances of success they'll have in the real world, quote-unquote. That's amazing. I love that. I love that so much. I could not agree more. I I have an off-the-track thoroughbred, and he is completely different than any other horse that I've trained. A lot of, like, the stuff that I could do with, you know, the quarter horses or the Arabians that I had, 
doesn't work with him just due to his training in the past and then just his experience. Yeah, totally. So is there, you know, obviously you've trained multiple horses. Is there one that you would say is your biggest challenge? Um, I'm going to say there is this mare that I was working with for a long time. Her name is Kitty Hawk. Um, and she is also from Kerala Beach. Um, she's very reactive and flighty. Um, and I mean, even a little creak in some wood or, you know, that plastic fencing, it could send her off the rails. Um, I had worked with her for two years and it took a year and a half to finally get her comfortable with the saddle, um, and almost two months to actually sit on her. She was doing good for a little while. Um, we had gotten walking off the line down to a T, um, but she kept having little explosions, little, little episodes every few months and every few months. And I could never figure out what triggered it. Um, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love this mare. But in the end, she was just too reactive and too flighty to be a saddle horse. Um, so instead, she gets to be a pasture puff and, you know, live out her days as a breed ambassador. That's that's awesome. I I love the fact that, one, you recognize that, and two, that she has a place where she can just be a horse. I think a lot of people kind of force it onto them when they're just some horses who just don't have the mentality for it exactly awesome so you know where did you learn to train was there a specific person who really helped you um I learned to train mostly through trial and error which is not the best way in in my honesty because that means you've got to mess up a bunch to figure out what works and what doesn't work um but I never really had specific lessons to on how to train horses. Um, There were a few people in my life that offered pointers and their suggestions and their tips and tricks, but for the most part, I developed my own styles and techniques on my own. Um, But I am always open to suggestions and pointers myself because I do want to avoid being that one trainer that's, you know, too stuck up or too high on that rock, quote unquote, to offer some, to take some solid advice from people that know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, we all, we've all met those. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. So is there, you know, off topic a little bit, but is there like one trainer in sp- in particular that you really look up to? Is it, I mean, it can even be someone just like on Instagram. I really, really enjoy seeing like Stacey Westfall and stuff like that. That's awesome. I love her. She's absolutely amazing. I am like obsessed with her podcast. It's kind of a problem, but um so you know if someone is getting started as far as training what would you tell them um the best starting point is to assess what kind of training your horse has already had if any at all um and if they have a complicated past that could become a potential issue with what your goals are so like rescue horses that come from neglect cases might not be as easy to train as a horse that was bred for Western pleasure. It really totally depends on the horse and what goals you have for them. Um, and definitely take it slow. You know, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day, so neither is a good horse. Try some stuff out, see what works and what doesn't. And don't be too hard on yourself if you need to take a step back because you're getting frustrated um, or you or you think that you're not doing enough because your horse 
doesn't understand frustration and some things might be confusing. So definitely taking it slow um, and taking a break when you need is a really great point to start when it comes to training horses. I love that. What, you know, what is one thing that really sticks out to you in, in training horses? What, what's that one thing that they've really taught you? Um, you're going to have bad days um, and your horse is going to have bad days, be it few or many. Um, but you're both living creatures trying to work towards an end goal. But, you know, unfortunately, o- only the human understands what that end goal is. Um, so things aren't always going to be absolutely perfect, but that is completely okay. Nothing else about life is really perfect anyways, so why would we expect our horses to be? Um, it's not a healthy mindset to have that perfection complex, um, and it, it really helped me when I started to let go of that. Yeah, wow. 100% agree. I, you see that a lot, and I, I think, I don't think social media is the exact cause obviously it's it's our brains but i think social media has had kind of that negative impact sometimes on us just because we see you know the best foot forward in a very edited planned out post and we compare that to real life when you're at home and it's just you and your horse yeah exactly and i love that people on social media are always trying to promote positivity and good vibes and stuff um which i love it i do that too yeah but that often spills over into their training and what they show which is usually only the good stuff um and so people get this unrealistic expectation of oh if i do this my horse and i are always going to be perfect and it's going to look you know like picture perfect and things are going to go well all the time and that's not true unfortunately Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. So, you know, obviously you sound like you have a really good background. Is this something that you see yourself doing full-time eventually? I definitely hope so. Um, it's always been, <laughs> it's always been a dream of mine to train horses. Um, I just never thought that it would be Mustangs that I trained, um, cause they always kind of seemed untouchable to me. Um, but there's just something this little tick um, that training horses, Mustangs, it, it, it gives me this feeling of, I don't even know how to describe it. It just, it's, a, it's this unreal feeling that I get when working with this untouched horse and being the one to give them all of their little buttons and cues. Ugh, it's such a nice feeling. I love that. So made you choose Mustangs. Like what made you choose Vivo? He's adorable, by the way. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Sore. I love it. He's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what made me choose Vivo in particular is because I love challenge horses. And when I first met him, nobody wanted to work with him other than myself because he would bite you. He would rear up. He would refuse to walk. He would spin in circles. Um, just an overall nightmare. I can say that looking back on it. I was probably a bit crazy in the head to try and work with him, but I'm so glad I did because he's turned out to be one of the best horses I have ever touched. That's amazing. I love that so much. So last mm. question. What, you know, I, I always try to ask this because I feel like when I'm writing out these questions, I'm trying to look at it from obviously, but I always feel like I'm missing something. So is there like one question that you wish I would have asked you? How would you answer that? Um, if I was completely crazy, 
for choosing this as something that I wanted to do with my life. Um, because I would, I would say no, but if I look at it from anyone else's point of view, especially someone that doesn't work with Mustangs, they'll think, oh my God, what are they doing? (laughs) Because (laughs) there are just so many things that can go wrong. You know, you don't know what the Mustang has been through in their life in the wild. If they have any sort of PTSD, um, you don't know what their triggers could be in, you know, terms of human human life. Some things might be more terrifying than others. And I mean, even if they are like a perfectly mentally and physically sound horse, their confirmation just might not be enough to get them sold as a decent pet. Um, so it's it's really difficult, especially when you're fighting with sanctuaries to get all of the horses. Um, but I'm kind of glad that nobody ever questioned or stopped me because there's really no other feeling than training a Mustang that I would trade that for. I love that. So sorry. I, you keep saying all these things that are like triggering questions for me. I love it. You said some of the horses aren't like obviously confirmation wise. Is that, is that pretty common in Mustangs that like they don't have the confirmation to be riding horses? Um, well, it depends on what you want to do for, per discipline, say most of them, most Mustangs I've seen make um, absolutely amazing trail horses because they are built to constantly move over rough and varying terrains on the wild anyways. Um, but it's when people start getting them and want to take them into certain disciplines like, you know, hunter under saddle or Western events or speed events, and they might not be built properly for that because that's not what they've been doing in the wild anyways. Right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to sit down with me. I love this and I definitely want to have you back on if you would like. I, I want to dive kind of deeper into the Mustangs with you. I feel like that's something that, I mean, obviously like growing up with horses, I, I've thought about Mustangs, but I haven't really like dove into research about them like I have with the thoroughbreds and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think it's really fascinating. And I oh, yeah, this is something I can talk for hours about. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We'll have to do that. And I want to talk more about Vivo, too, because he's just adorable and I need to know everything. Um, so let me ask you this before before we end this. Um, obviously, where can everyone find you on Instagram if they, or anywhere, if they want to connect with you, follow your journey, which I would highly recommend. I love seeing all of your updates. Um, I only have Instagram, um, but you can find me at Vivo the Spanish Mustang, and Vivo is spelled V-I-V-O. Um, I've had people try and spell it with E's, uh, oh. which is odd, <laughs> but <laughs> it's V-I-V-O, um, and my DMs are always open if people want to talk to me, if they want to reach out with, you know, concerns, like, hey, I'd, you know, just anything. I'm always, I always love making friends, too, so please reach out. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much again. And I hope to do this soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye.